Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that you meet us right where we're at, Lord. In fact, you even say, come to me. You say, come to me, all who are heavy laden, all who labor, all who are worn out, all who are pressed down, all who are spent, exhausted. You said, come to me, I'll give you rest. Not rest like the world, not rest like the lane you're going to bed at night, but rest for your entire being, for your soul. Thank you for your rest, God, that comes, energizes us. A moment with you, God, can it's like a, a, a quick charging battery. You give us strength to endure, strength to keep pushing on, supernatural strength. I pray that over people listening, supernatural strength to endure, supernatural strength to press forward, supernatural strength and, and uh, energy, supernatural energy, Lord. What would take... <laughs> a five-shot espresso for some people. Not all it takes is one moment, one touch from your hand, and they have more energy, more excitement, more passion uh, than anything that they put into their body. God, I thank you right now, Lord, that you are the source of life. We love you. We bless you. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. This is episode 47 of the Brain Archer podcast, and we are continuing on in Psalms 119. I'm going to jump into the Word. And uh, it's going to be good. I'm going to take a sip of my coffee here, and then we're going to dive right in. And that coffee is just Holy Spirit-filled coffee. <laughs> Full of his, his peace and his joy and his Holy Ghost caffeine. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. In verse 65, it says, You have dealt with your servant, O Lord, according to your promise. God wants to deal with you. God wants to look at your life and address you, not according to his judgment, not according to his wrath, but according to his promise, his promise. His promises are yes and amen. He's faithful to keep what he has promised. He's faithful to stand firm on what he said. The only difference is, is a lot of people, they, they get distracted or they, they move off the promise God doesn't move from his promise. He is standing securely there saying, I'm here ready to fulfill the promise. But we have to stand firm and embrace and push and move forward 
into the promises of God because there's so much distraction, so many things that come to try to push us out, push us away, push us into doubt and unbelief uh, from God's promise. So thank you for dealing with us, Lord, according to your promise, your promises, promises for healing, promises for peace, promises for joy, promises for prosperity, promises for uh, provision and every need being met, promises for new opportunities, promises for dreams to be fulfilled, right? Not just carnal fleshly desires, but spiritually heavenly desires, heavenly dreams, heavenly callings, heavenly purpose. Teach me good judgment, discernment, and knowledge. Teach me good judgment. Give me the ability to, to discern between what's right and what's wrong. Give me the, the ability to discern between uh, the path that leads to death or the path that leads to life. Give me the ability to step forward with full confidence and faith, knowing that, God, you're going to meet me when I discern by your spirit, not in my own understanding, not with my head, not with my carnal mind, but, God, with my spirit, man, that you give me the ability to see and to take paths and to make choices according to your promise and according to your um, mind and your heart. For I believed and trusted and relied on your commandments. I believe your promises. I believe your word. I trust. I lean on them. I look to them for, for comfort. I look to them for correction. I look for them to them for um, uh, almost like a like the Bible says, the word of God is a, a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. That the word comes and actually illuminates uh, the road that we walk on, the path we walk on, so that when we are leaning not on our understanding, but we're acknowledging him. He's directing our steps. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep and honor your word with loving obedience. This is a scripture of, of uh, discipline. That God brings correction. God brings discipline, sometimes through affliction. And it's not a, the affliction of, uh, you know, obviously sin and disobedience can bring affliction um, into our life. But Sometimes the affliction of the soul is just God allowing us to realize, oh, where'd you go, God? <laughs> because if God in his presence is fullness of joy at his right hand are pleasures forevermore, then that's that's like a, a you know, constant blessing, a constant fulfillment, constant uh, source of life. And when we're afflicted or we're cast down or we're maybe we're pushed away from that. Sometimes that's the Lord allowing us to say, hey, you've, you've kind of drifted away in something or he's allowing us to experience something so that we would draw near. We would push in and lean in him because we can unplug and, and get discouraged or get weighed down by life. And God wants us to connect and be plugged in. Uh, but now I keep and honor your word. Now I keep and honor your word with loving obedience the difference between obeying God. Um, and it's not just a little obedience, but it's 100%. God wants it all, right? He wants full obedience. And when we give him full obedience, we have full blessing, full access. Because it's just his ways. His ways are perfect. And not only that, but his ways are past finding out. You're never going to figure out God. You can figure out his heart. You can figure out his morals. The morals, because they're all in his word. 
but if you try to like pin him down and you know you're trying to manipulate pulling over on God, he just flips the script on you and he goes ah, <laughs> and you can get into a place of affliction for that for that type of mentality. But we know that you are good and you do good, God. Teach me your statutes. Teach me your ways. The arrogant have forged a lie against me, but I will keep your precepts with all my heart. You know, sometimes people get into situations and, you know, becomes a he said, she said type of situation. And people will gossip. People will talk about you behind your back. And they'll say, this person did this. This is what they did. And it could be all lies or it could be truth. Right, But for the person who serves God, it doesn't matter what people say. It matters what God says. And the whole purpose is not to get caught up in the, in the drama and, and the gossip of what people think or say, but it's for your heart to say, I will keep your precepts with all my heart. God, give me a sensitive heart. It says here, their heart is insensitive like fat. Their minds are dull and brutal. but I delight in your law. Ain't that the truth about some people, right? Their heart is insensitive, like fat. Their minds are dull and brutal. They're dull, they're, they're weighed down. They're, there's no spirit of God. They're void of God's life, of his character. And they're just full of the world. And that's why people can get so gross towards one another and begin to gossip and backbite and, become brutal they become evil though you know stories of people just murdering each other and uh, causing division and just speaking all kinds of evil and and it's in the church it gets in 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 people in the church and the next thing you know they're tearing each other down and ripping apart god's heart his kingdom but for the one that loves the lord and for the one who seeks god he his law, I mean, his heart is to delight in his law, to be before the Lord and say, God, direct my steps, direct my thoughts, direct my, my mindset. Don't let me listen to those who have uh, their minds who, that have been darkened through bitterness or strife. But God, keep my heart pure, keep my mind pure, that I would know your law, know your ways, know how I should receive or, or reject any information that's coming into my mind so that I can have the right perspective. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. The law from your mouth is better for me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. And he's, he's finding value. You know, gold and silver pieces can get you a lot. They can get you, you know, money can buy you a lot of things. You know, that old saying, money can buy you stuff, but it can't buy you happiness. It's so true <clears throat> because you can get all the stuff and still be miserable. You can get everything you want, still be depressed and weighed down and miserable about your life. You can say, I just need money. I just need gold. I just need silver pieces. But when your heart shifts to, you know what? Your law is better for me. To hear you speak the word to my heart is better for me than to have thousands of gold and silver pieces. Give me your law. Give me your ways. And I know, God, you will lead me. You will provide for me. You, you actually own all the gold and the silver pieces and you can pour out on my life in abundance. Your hands have made me and established me. Give me understanding and a teachable heart that I may learn your commandments. May those who reverently fear you see me and be glad because I wait for your word. I'm not looking 
for the word of man. I'm not looking for um, the direction from the flesh. I'm not looking for insight from flesh. I'm looking for your word. I'm looking to hear what your spirit is saying. And when people speak, God, that it, if it lines up with your word, it lines up with your heart, then it's you speaking. It's you speaking and ministering to my heart. I know, oh Lord, that your judgments are fair. You're fair, God. You're not you're not siding with one person against the other. That's why when people begin to gossip and talk junk about each other, it's like God's not up there going, you know what? I'm going to side with uh, Susie over here because she thinks, you know, Sarah over here is this and that. And Sarah's saying, well, Susie's this and that. And God's, you know, well, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to pick Susie's side because I agree with her. No, God's on the side of his word and he'll always he'll always be that um god who who sides with love he sides with forgiveness and grace because that's what he gave um to us so we have to have the same grace and heart for others and we can't get involved in that carnal stuff people trying to like you know basically you haven't even met certain people and they already give you a picture of who they are. And that's the flesh. But God wants us to see people through his eyes and by his spirit so that we could speak to them accordingly, that we would have a life to give and not death from our mouth. Oh, may you, your loving kindness and graciousness comfort me according to your word. Promise to your servant, your promise to, to, to us, to your servants, Lord, let your compassion come to me, that I may live. For your law is my delight. Let the arrogant be ashamed and humiliated, for they sabotage me with a lie. But I will meditate on your precepts. May those who fear you with submissive wonder turn to me. Even those who have known your testimonies, may my heart be blameless in your statutes, so that I will not be ashamed. My soul languishes and grows weak for your salvation. I wait for your word. My eyes fail with longing, watching for the fulfillment of your promise, saying, when will you comfort me? For I've become like a wineskin blackened and shriveled in the smoke in which it hangs. Yet I do not forget your statutes. How many are the days of your servant, which he must endure? When will you execute judgment on those who persecute me? The arrogant godless have dug pits for me, men who do not conform to your law. You know, a lot of times, um, there's this sense that God is unjust or that people are getting evil people, wicked people are getting away with stuff. And you see this a lot in in um, church and society where it's like people, uh, they just get indignant about other, they just want other people to, to like pay or to have some sort of judgment or, or you know, and God, it's like, or, or if somebody's personally being mean to you or ridiculing you, it's like, it's in our nature. But God, why aren't you striking them down? Why are you smiting them? Why are you killing them? Please vindicate me, O Lord, and destroy my enemy. But God's not that way. He actually, I think sometimes isn't responding because he wants our heart to be broken before him in the fact that, hey, God, you love me. You've been gracious to me. Help me to love my enemies. Help me to be gracious to those. And it's in that place where we free God up to bring his uh, judgment or vindication. That God is the one who vindicates. He's the one who, who will reward the wicked for their doings, not us. And it's not our heart to try to get God to do something 
from an evil, evil motive, but when we surrender to God with that heart, then he's able to come and, and bring correction or, or sometimes pretty, you know, it can get pretty weird. <laughs> I don't want to say weird, but it can get pretty uh, scary when, when you're dealing with God and, and how he loves his people. You know, that's why it's like when you're lost, I think there's more grace. But when you're saved and you start going after God's people and God's anointed, God takes it serious because you're his kid, but also you're you're dealing with his kids. So you have to have love and you have to have respect and honor out the gate. I don't care if people are cussing you out, they hate you. You, you got to come with the spirit, and not with the flesh. The arrogant, godless have dug pits for me. Men who do not conform to your law, all your commandments are faithful and trustworthy. They have persecuted me with a lie. Help me, Lord. They have almost destroyed me on earth. But as for me, I did not turn away from your precepts. I didn't turn away from you, God. I didn't turn away from the truth of who you were and who you are. According to your steadfast love, refresh me and give me life. Let love be the thing. My love for you, your love for me, be the thing that brings sustenance and health refreshing and revival everything i be that i do be done from the motive of love and not not just you know not a man love but agape love god love the god kind of love the love that's unconditional the love that costs the person giving it not not doesn't cost the person that needs it to receive it but we're giving it freely so that i may keep your and obey the commandments of your mouth Without God's love and refreshing, without him coming and, and, and being that nurturing father, it's like what life will just make you hard. Life will make you, um, you know, even stiff towards God's love. So we need to open up and let him touch and, and heal and love us so that we can be sensitive and soft to what? To obey his testimonies, to, to hear his word, to be obedient and not be hardened towards it, not be angry towards it. Um, whether it's because of people or because of situations, we got to let God into that place and let him have. That's why, you know, people say Jesus is Lord. He's the Lord over those things in your life. He is the one you go to for answers. You're not the Lord over your life. You're not the king over your life. He is. And when you respect and honor him, then you bring him those issues and then let his word and let his truth speak to those things in your life. If you try to bypass that, you'll end up in, in a mess and it'll be just the flesh running you and the flesh dictating to you your uh, destiny or your purpose. Your faithfulness continues from generation to generation. You have established the earth and it stands securely. They continue this day according to your ordinances for all things, all parts of the universe are your servants. In your law had... If your law had not been my delight, I would then I would have perished. Meaning if I didn't keep your law and who you were before me, if I didn't keep that relationship and closeness with you, I would have perished. I would have been destroyed in my time of trouble, in my time of testing and pressing. But because I cling to you, God, you keep me and you keep me in a place where I am uh, connected, connected to you supernaturally, that you would keep me in my ways that i would not dash my foot against the stone that i would not trip and fail but when i cling to you god you keep me and you uphold me you're awesome i will never forget your precepts for by them you have revived me and given me life 
I am yours, save me as your own, for I have diligently sought your precepts and required them as my greatest need. I need them more than anything else in my life. I need your precepts, I need your truth. The wicked wait for me to destroy me, but I will consider your testimonies. I have seen that all human perfection has its limits because no human is, is perfect, nobody. I don't care how, how far and wide you search, you will not find perfection. You know, I think the closest thing I can I can say a minister being perfect is probably somebody like Billy Graham, or um, yeah, like right because you there's just you can't really find a bad thing about him, bad article. But even he, when you get close enough, you're gonna he has his limits. Human perfection has its limits. No matter how grand and perfect and noble, they they can't compare to God. Your commandment is exceedingly broad and extends without limits into eternity. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wise, uh, wiser than my enemies. God gives you wisdom. He gives you the ability to have his mind and his mind supersedes, like the Bible says, his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher. And uh, when we're connected to him, we're, we're above what the enemy's doing, right? We, we have insight and wisdom that, that far surpasses anything the enemy could cook up. For your words are always with me. I have better understanding and deeper insight than all my teachers because of your word. Because of your word. He says, I have better understanding and deeper insight than all my teachers because of what? Because I've put your word before me. I've, I've connected with your spirit and your word and it's become the most important thing in my life. Therefore, it has elevated me. Not in, in the flesh, in carnal way, but in the spirit where God can elevate you, keep you humble, keep you teachable, but with the same heart, give you wisdom that out, that over um, performs or, or is above those who actually think that their teachers are teaching you because God is just amazing that way. For your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged who have not observed your precepts saying i understand more than those who are are my senior who have lived life who are older than me who've gone through things why because of your precepts because of your word it has elevated me in my understanding and ability to relate because i have observed and kept your precepts not just looked at them but i have obeyed them i have restrained my feet from evil i have that i may keep your word have not turned aside from your ordinances for your for you yourself have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste sweeter than honey to my mouth for your precepts i get understanding think about the the desire to taste right the desire to um uh, have that sweet sweet taste like whatever dessert whatever thing that you like to eat that is pleasant right He's saying, your word, God, is sweeter. Your word is like, it's sweeter than honey to my mouth. When I eat and I take in, God, that it actually is more satisfying than honey, which is back in the day was like the sweetest thing, right? Sorry, I just took a sip of coffee there. Therefore, I hate every false way. So when you love to taste the word of God and in of God's goodness and his precepts 
it produces a hatred in your heart for things that are wrong and evil. Not for people, not towards men, but towards what the enemy or what, what is false, what is not true. Here it is. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. Your word is the thing that that lights my way. I have sworn an oath and have confirmed it that I will keep your righteous ordinances. I am greatly afflicted, renewed and revived me, giving me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept and take pleasure in the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your ordinances. I like this here because it says, accept and take pleasure in the freewill offerings of my mouth. That God, I can speak from my heart. I can open my mouth and my praise and my adoration and my love for you is, is sweet to you, God. That you actually take pleasure when I speak to you and when I speak of your word and when I speak your word. And it's, it's something that I do of my free will. It's not something that you force or you're commanding and you're saying, if you don't, I'm going to judge you. I'm going to kill you. But it's something I say, God, I want to because I know you and I have a relationship with you and I love you. So I will do this. My life is continually in your hand, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I do not wander from your precepts. I have taken your testimonies as a heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform your statues forever, even to the end. I hate those who are double-minded, but I love and treasure your law. He's saying he, he doesn't like people who are double-minded. What does double-minded mean? It means almost like two-faced, right? You can be two-faced. That's double-minded. One way in front of people, another way behind their back. Double-minded is also um, being of two minds, meaning you have the spirit and, and the flesh at the same time warring, and it's causing you to be double-minded. Having your, your carnal desire and the spirit man vying for position, and it's being played out before people. And it brings confusion and it brings uh, misdirection. That's why it's important to be one with God and in a place where you know that you're, you're of a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power and a sound mind. And that sound mind is one that's not a double mind. Leave me, you evildoers, that I may keep the commandments of my God, honoring and obeying them. Uphold me according to your word of promise so that I may live and do not let me be ashamed of my hope in your great goodness. Uphold me that I may be safe, that I may have regard for your statutes continually. You have turned your back on all those who wander from your statutes, for their deceitfulness is useless. You have removed all the wicked of the earth like dross, for they have no value. Therefore, I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles in reverent fear of you, and I am afraid in all of your judgments. I have done justice and righteousness. Do not leave me to those who oppress me, be the guarantee for your servant for good, as Judah was the guarantee for Benjamin. Do not let the arrogant oppress me. My eyes fail with longing, watching for the fulfillment of your salvation and for the fulfillment of your righteous word. Deal with your servant according to your gracious, loving kindness and teach me your statutes. I mean, this, this psalm is just rich. It's so full of God. It's just kind of obviously repetitive and redundant, but... Sometimes it's like when you love the Lord, it doesn't matter. Like you, you come to him and you sometimes you have to just speak and speak and speak until it gets down on the inside of you and it becomes a part of you. You speak the truth. You speak the word. You use the power of, of your tongue. The Bible says that um, 
power in life is in the tongue, right? We have power to create life or, or death for what we speak. Deal with your servant according to your gracious, loving kindness. Teach me your statutes. I'm your servant. Give me understanding, the ability to learn and have a teachable heart that I may know your testimonies. It is time for the Lord to act. They have broken your law. Therefore, I love your commandments more than gold. Yes, more than refined gold. Therefore, I esteem as right all your precepts concerning everything. I hate every false way. So you can see if there was a love for God's word in our society today, in our politics, in our government, if there were truly people who loved the Lord, I'm telling you, you would see such a different uh, climate in our society, in our, in our country. Um, the thing about the love of God's testimonies and his word is it brings a plumb line, right? It, it brings a line to say what's right and what's wrong. And it causes people to have to choose. And it also exposes people where they're at, right? Do they love God or do they hate God? Are they are they astray? Are they lost? Or are they found? And this is why the, the word of God has to take a place in seats of authority where people love God and people uh, proclaim his truth. Churches should be places where the truth of God is proclaimed, not just for a building or in a building, but for a community, for, for a, a city, so that his truth can be known in the hearts of men and those men can carry that. And what it does is it produces a hatred in us for what's false. So when we know God and there's false doctrine or false things or somebody's coming and bringing some kind of crazy uh, laws or things to try to change the way people uh, do life, that it would come and bring. Uh, like, that's why you go, oh, what? Are you kidding me? You're trying to introduce kids to this type of stuff in schools? Like, you're teaching them what? And there's a hatred that rises up on the inside of people to say, heck, no, that ain't happening. And there's a fight there because of the truth that is in their heart and their soul. Your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your glorious word gives light. The unfolding gives understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and panted with anticipation because I long for your commandments. Turn me and be gracious to me and show me favor as it is your way to those who love your name. Establish my footsteps in the way of your word. Do not let any human weakness have power over me, causing me to be separated from you. Redeem me from the oppression of man, that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine with pleasure upon your servant, and teach me your statutes. My eyes weep streams of water because people do not keep your law. It's like when you love God and you love the word of God, when you see people who are astray or far off, it brings a, a sadness and a sorrow into your being of going, God, God, we need you. God, help them see you. <clears throat> it brings a spiritual, because this is really God's heart, right? God's not up there like joyful over the fact that there's people who are lost and evil and wicked. It, it's, it's a place of brokenness in the heart of God. Like when you touch that, and you feel that emotion, God's emotion, you can't help but weep. You can't help but just feel love for people. I remember when I first, uh, one of my first opportunities to, to pastor was at a Chinese church, and I had never really been exposed to that culture. I mean, I obviously knew some Chinese people, Koreans really growing up, but when I went to this Chinese church and it was like we were having this worship service and all of a sudden I just looked and it was like this overwhelming love and compassion came over me 
for these people and I just broke and I felt God's heart and his love for them. And it's like you can tap into that with God. God can can give you a glimpse of his heart and the way that he feels and the way that he sees people. It's something that has to be given to you or you have to seek it out. And I believe when you meditate in his word and you go after him to get to know him, it's like he becomes the the, the loudest thing in your in your being instead of whatever you fill your life with, whatever you spend your time on will be the loudest thing in your life. If you like watching a show or whatever, and that show is like the loudest thing telling you, hey, you need to watch the next episode or something, that, that fleshly carnal thing, or hey, you need to get the next, this new thing's coming out. You need to be there to get that. That's all flesh. But with God, it's like, no, come be with me. Come, come talk to me. Come meditate on my word. That's God in you. That's God moving in your life. Righteous are you, O Lord, and upright are your judgments. You have commanded your testimonies in righteousness and in great faithfulness. My zeal has completely consumed me. That zeal for God. thats You meet people that have that, and you want to hang out with those people. You meet people like that, you want to glean from them. You want to get to know them. You want to hang out with them because there's something uh, otherworldly. There's something so supernatural about and it's like you want that. You want that in your life. You don't want to hang out with people that don't have that zeal. Uh, especially believers who are just kind of hanging out and just carnal. You want to get around people who have a passion for God's word and the move of God. Your word is very pure. It's refined. Your word comes from God's word is, is, is who he is, right? It's part, of, it's part of him. So when you read it, you're literally uh, digesting God. And it sounds weird, but it's the truth. Therefore, your servant loves it. I am small and despised, but I do not forget your precepts. It doesn't matter who I am, what people say about me. I'm going to desire your word. I don't care if the wicked hate me. I don't care if people want to beat me. <clears throat> your word is the most important thing. Trouble and anguish have found me, yet your commandments are my delight and my joy. Your righteous testimonies are everlasting. Give me understanding, the ability to learn and have a teachable heart that I may live. You know, this thing about teachable heart is one of the the keys, I believe, to longevity in life, in ministry, in anything you do with people. You got to have a teachable heart. You got to be willing to, to open up and let people speak into your life. Now, granted, if people are not coming correct, like they're not from the Lord, then you need to just close that off. But for the most part, you got people in your life that God has placed there in the ego or whatever it is and man wants to kind of boast or be put in that ah, don't tell me i know i know it all i know everything but when you take a, a, a seat in your spirit man right like instead of being like i know I, i'm having this attitude but you have this ability to learn and have a teachable heart meaning you can receive and take in and digest what others are speaking into your life uh, especially if those people have a relationship with God, that you have to sometimes uh, check your ego, right? Check check that high-minded, that arrogance that tries to creep up in, in, in the heart uh, because of a need to be accepted or a need to be known or to be seen that you're great. Um, but when you can have a teachable heart, God takes care of the rest. He takes care of all, this, all the little things that you think you need to by trying to be like, I already know this. I know it all. Oh, you don't have to tell me and have that type of attitude. 
I cried with all my heart. Answer me, O Lord. I will observe your statutes. I cried to you. Save me and I will keep your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry in prayer for help. I wait for your word. My eyes anticipate the night watches and I wake before the call of the watchman that I may meditate upon your word. I get up early and I spend time with you. I put you first in my day. I put you first in my life. Hear my voice according to your steadfast loving kindness. O Lord, renew and refresh me according to your ordinances. Those who follow after wickedness approach. They are far from your law. You are near, O Lord, and your commandments are truth. Of old I have known your testimonies, that you have founded them forever. Look upon my agony and rescue me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Revive me and give me life according to the promise of your word. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. Great are your tender mercies and steadfast love, O Lord. Revive me and give me life according to your ordinances. Many are my persecutors and my adversaries, yet I do not turn away from your testimonies. I see the treacherous and loathe them because they do not respect your law. Consider how I love your precepts. Revive me and give me life. I love how um, in this whole chapter, Psalms 119, there's a lot of, it's like he's dealing with haters, right? He's dealing with with the naysayers and ones who ridicule and the ones who judge and and it you know sometimes it's flesh sometimes it's the enemy just wanting to attack you because you have this place with god right but he's saying I, I, I'm, I'm gonna ignore that noise and distraction i'm not gonna look at that i'm gonna i'm gonna focus on your law i'm gonna focus on your words i'm gonna focus on what you're speaking and sometimes that's what we have to do is just put kind of block everyone out, but put God in that place and not get reactive, not let our emotions run us, not let the flesh in and, and carnality and pride and all the things that want to try to take a seat, but let God, his word and his character have that seat in our life. And what it does is it brings revival, it brings refreshing, it brings strength. It brings a steadfastness, a security in him. The sum of your word is truth, the full meaning of all your precepts, and every one of your righteous ordinances endures forever. People, here's another one. Princes persecute me without cause. People bringing persecution because of their hatred for God or, or even maybe because of their, um, you know, they're under the sway of the enemy. They're not of God's kingdom. They're not even God's kids. They're... They're still in the world or their hearts are wicked. And they just see those who are righteous and want to bring persecution and hatred. But he says, my heart stands in reverent awe of your word. It's like just keeping God in that place where he deserves to be no matter what's happening. You think about the disciples and how some of them were killed and murdered and, and persecuted. But it was like they, Steve, I picture Stephen, right? He's just in this place before the Lord of complete surrender focusing on him and focusing on what he knew was God's word and of Jesus and in that moment in that moment it was like a supernatural encounter as he's dying but God is there just taking him just but his mind I'm sure wasn't on these people the Lord kill them no he said the same thing Jesus said Lord forgive them for they know not what they do and in that moment I believe that he was removed from that pain and that persecution and was received into heaven into glory i rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure i hate and detest falsehood but i love your law 
Seven times a day, I praise you because of your righteous ordinances. Oh, there you go. Seven times a day. Seven times a day, not just once, but throughout the day. Praise you because of who you are. Those who love your law have great peace. Nothing makes them stumble. So you want to have great peace? You don't want to stumble? Love God's word. Love his law. I hope and wait with complete confidence for your salvation, O Lord. And I do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies, hearing and accepting and obeying them. I love them greatly. I keep your precepts and your testimonies. For all my ways are fully known before you. Let my mournful cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding, the ability to learn and to have a teachable heart according to your word. Let my supplication, my prayer come before you. Deliver me according to your word. Let my lips speak praise with thanksgiving for you teach me your statutes. Let my tongue sing praises for the fulfillment of your word. For all your commandments are righteous. Let your hand be ready to help me for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord. And your law is my delight. Let my soul live that it may praise you and let your ordinances help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant for I do not forget your commandments. So even in times where, this is the end of this chapter, but it's even in times where you feel like, God, I'm, I've gone astray. I don't sense you. I'm not close to you. I don't feel you as close as, as I just feel like maybe I'm lost. And then it says, seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. That God actually seeks us, that God actually desires us, and he seeks us out. Especially when we're his, right? We have that connection. There's been a relationship. He loves his kids, and he wants um, us to know that he's seeking us out, that he's pursuing us, that he loves us. Lord, I, I just pray right now, Lord, if there's somebody who's far away or who's distant from you, God, that you would draw them near, God, that you would supernaturally give them uh, a sign or a knowing, God, that your hand and you're seeking them and you're beckoning them to come back to that place, that the word of God would just come alive in them. Every word that was spoken, Lord, is not going to return void. Everything they know of God will resound on the inside of them. And Lord, they, they will heed and surrender and come to you, Lord. And you will find them and you will clean them and revive them and put them back into a place of right standing with you. Their hearts would be pure and their thoughts would be your thoughts, Lord. Their, their ways would be your ways. And that they would line up and come into agreement with who you are. And they would know whose they are. That they belong to you, Lord. That they were purchased if we're saved and we've given our life to Jesus, Lord, that we're actually purchased. We're no longer our own, but we belong to you, God. And you're not a, a, a wicked ruler who says, you're mine. You're not a covetous, or, or, but God, you actually purchased us to give us freedom, to give us liberty, to, to know you by our own heart, by our own desire, not, not because you're making us, forcing us to do it, but you're actually wooing us and revealing who you are and that revelation of who you are Lord draws us in it draws us close and you touch us and heal us and deliver us speak to us and give us life and you give us life more abundantly thank you Lord for your wisdom and for your understanding and for your goodness thank you for the fear of the Lord 
for it is the beginning of all wisdom. I thank you, God, that there's a healthy fear of God in our hearts and our minds, God, that we're surrendered completely to you in, in awe and reverence, knowing that you are God and there is no other, that you hold everything in your hand, all power, all authority, that, God, you're the one who creates life, gives life, and we just receive that right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for your life, Lord. Thank you for your truth. Thank you, God, for your presence. Revive, refresh, renew in Jesus' name.